which was uh, over six foot tall, feathers. It, it just looked like a giant bird, but yet a man. Hi, everybody. This is Mr. Hands in His Pants, Jake. This is Mothboy Mike. And this is Mothboy Matt. And this is Mothboy's Halloween Spooktacular, a podcast on cryptids, conspiracies, and the <laughs> unknown. The unknown. We should get you to do all the intros, Jake. That was pretty great. Yeah. Just to say. Yeah. Uh, Hi everybody! So this is a cool we fucking got, episode. Th- this is this is I'm a pretty very excited. amazing, amazing uh, episode. Um, so, um, Erie Horror Fest boys, we went. Yeah. Um, it was this past. It was it was Friday and Saturday. We were there, and uh, we saw. So the whole thing was Mark Pellington, the director of Moth and Prophecies, was in attendance in Erie, and they did a they did a screening of the movie. Which was awesome. Watching that up on the big screen, mm-hmm. I thought was sick. I, yeah. I always love watching oh, that yeah. movie. So I was I was very uncomfortable the whole time, and it wasn't just because of the seat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Warner Theater, you want to upgrade your seating, yeah. please. Let's figure that out. Okay. Yeah. I, I need some more high knee support. I know it's a million. It's a million year old theater, but let's let's figure it Beautiful out. Okay? Beautiful theater. Beautiful. It really theater is. Otherwise, it's, like it's, honestly. Yeah. yeah. So there was a. They showed the movie, The Moth and Prophecies, and then they did a Q and A after with Mark Pellington. And uh, yeah, it was it was awesome hearing some cool insight on that movie. And um, then, um, unfortunately, he pointed at Mike, and he's like, "I don't like that kid's face." Right. So yeah, that's he did. So so Mike got kicked out at that point. I got kicked out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, but until then, against, it was fantastic, wasn't it? Nothing against Mark. Nothing. No, he he was a sweet. He was a sweetheart. He was a, he was a yeah. sweet guy, and it was awesome. Um, and then, um, so get this, guys, at his merch table. Um, he was selling legit like movie props and stuff from his personal collection. Yep. Like it was insane, mind blowing. Like it was a it was a little mini museum. Yeah, it was. It was. It was like a little mini Mothman Prophecies Museum. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we we nerded out over that, all three of us. So um, yeah. I know f- for me, I got a uh, the book in the movie. Um, that you know that John that John Keel reads Alexander Leake's book. I got the book that was in the movie. So yeah. Like what the fuck? That's I got I own that now. So and then Jake, yeah, I got I got I got a script. He got a, a shooting script. script with all the revisions and everything. And I was scrolling through it, and some pages uh-huh. there's notes and shit on it. That's dope. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah. So I got a script. That's pretty fucking cool. I got a a few um like artist storyboards. Yeah. With like original hand drawn art and stuff on it is fucking crazy. And he pointed. Do you, do you frame those up yet? He pointed yeah. at Matt and he's like, "I like you compared to the other two moth." You're more handsome, is what he said. Yes. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're more handsome. I like this guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah. "You're more Richard Gere." Jake yeah. and Mike yeah. are like Will Patton on a bad day. Yeah, <laughs> they're Will Patton uh, uh, dead in the movie. Yes. Is what, what yes. we look like. Will Patton out yeah. in the out in the cold. For- <laughs> yeah, out in the cold. Um, so yeah, that was, it was, it was pretty mind blowing, uh, to be amongst all that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. all three of us are big nerds about that movie and, uh, do we actually get to own a part of Mothman Prophecies, the movie history. And there's going to be Mothman just, Prophecies, the series. Yes. But yes, you'll learn more about that during the interview. We got to see a sneak peek of that while we were, you know, while we were, while we were there waiting. It was during the Q and A, he showed us a little yeah. sneak, sneak mm-hmm. peek. And so. that's why you can't miss the eerie horror fest. He- yeah, man. Come on now. Come on! It was yeah, it was he, an awesome event. You can't miss it. Yeah, he was he was just such a such a cool dude, like such a cool dude. Talking with yeah, him man. was just like so much fun. Um, yeah, good good dude. He wants to actually start running the circuits. Um, I, I yeah. thought you were say he wants to start running Moth Boys podcast. That'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, please Mark, take it's it yours, over, bro. Your show. Do it. Your show. It's yours, dude. Yo, yeah, and and also uh, like he's done every cool music video that everybody likes. I mean, especially Pearl Jam's Jeremy, let, like and what, phrase what how to save a life. That's a good video too. Yeah, just all classics. Um, but the next day after the Q and A and the screening and the the nerding out about the movie props, um, Mothboy 
Matt and Mothboy Jake got to do an uh, an interview with him, mm-hmm. um, which is it's epic. I, I had yeah. to go home. I had to go home for an, a family emergency, which is it was bummer. But I think the I family the emergency was actually just Mark Pelican yeah. said he didn't like your face, and, then, and I I cried. Yeah. I cried the whole. Yeah, he that did. was it was I mean, pretty was, bad. It, it was tough. It was a but, little funny. It was like a little bit yeah. funny, but kind of sad. It was very funny actually. Yeah. But I had to head home. Get the jabroni. Um, yeah, and we, we um. We want to give a shout out to the Erie Horror Fest crew and Aaron, Aaron. who helped. Yeah. Yes, he really yeah, came through. Uh, we really appreciate his assistance on getting this recording. Uh, and mm-hmm. not only is he a, a good jet, but he also has a fantastic podcast, uh, the yep. Erie Horrorcast. But it's a great podcast. You should definitely check them out. That's Erie Horrorcast. I definitely know they're on Spotify. I'm sure there are other places as well. Hell yeah. But yeah, so it's like a true yeah. double whammy. I mean, let good me dude, let, let me ask you boys. Podcast, opposite of us. Let me ask you boys how it was interviewing Mark. I mean, you interviewed Mark Pellington, dude. Stressful. I mean, Such. Okay, yeah, stressful. Jake obviously. was super stressed, but I think it was mostly about how it was going to turn well, be, out, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. literally yeah, you gave yeah. me a computer that had no Audacity or GarageBand on it, <laughs> and then they're going right. to, and then the Wi-Fi was going to take four hours to download Audacity. We had five minutes until the interview started. <laughs> Well, you made it work. That's all that matters. I remember, I remember Mark's like making fun of you and be like, "This fucking dude doesn't even know how to work his own computer." <laughs> oh, that's sick. That was He's mean. Just, all that actually, matters. That is, was really that- mean. I thought about that. My therapist thought that was pretty mean. And guess but what? The funny, the funny thing. She's Jake, not watching Jake, Arlington Jake, the Road funny thing anymore. Is, it wasn't your computer. <laughs> I know. I know. Dude, that's um, so. That's so awesome. I, I'm, but he, I am, he, I'm proud of you guys he, for interviewing him, and yeah, yeah. He's dumbass, uh, Matt. He's asking all these good questions, getting this good conversation, even before we're recording. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, save the perfect. magic, save the magic for the. Yeah, episode. he kept. Uh, Jake was like, save it for the interview. Um, <laughs> okay, well, I mean, is there anything else, or is, can we get into this? Yeah, I would like to. I would like to ask, uh, folks, go check out Mark's latest film, The Severing which is a cathartic movement uh, film expressing like uh, a plethora of, of feelings. Um, it looks really dark. It looks really good. It's beautiful. Um, Mark and Jake and I watched the, uh, watched the trailer for it after the event. Um, and we'll be posting the trailer on our socials and, yeah, he he's just. I doing think he talks really about it a little cool bit stuff. in the interview too. Yeah. Yep. Like yep. legitimately, nice. I say this is the nice. Like this is a compliment because some people might be like, "Oh, Jake, you're being a dumbass." But the, like it, the trailer, I watched the trailer, and it looks like something you could see at like an art museum. Like yeah. it's awesome. art. It's straight art. That's sweet. That's awesome. And it's like yep. funny that we're talking about straight art because our podcast is also straight art. So straight trash, yes. bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it's 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 beautiful. Um, you definitely will air the we'll show the trailer, and I'll also include in the the notes, the show description notes, um, like a link to where you can download it. I think it's like four dollars mm-hmm. to rent it. So What's that why bad? not the severing? Right? Yeah, the severing. Yeah. Sweet man. All right, here's the interview, everybody. This is Mothboy Matt. This is Jacob, and we are with our friend Mark Pellington. Hello, my name is Mark Pellington, Andrew Cold. A.K.A. Andrew Cold. So. I think it's a little presumptuous to say friend. <laughs> Sorry. No, we're not. friends. You were friends? <laughs> we're friends. We're friends. Didn't you buy something? You're definitely a friend. <laughs> I'm here in my virgin. This is the first time Mothman Prophecies or any of its um, residue of paraphernalia, memorabilia, process has made its way out in the world no way as to a convention so when john lyons invited me here it was for this other dance film called the severing which was a if if injury cold made a non-linear dark dance film about grief oh i love the severing that i made with a choreographer who had worked with gaspar noe and films it was like so we made this weird film Got good reviews and everybody watched it. Wow, that feels like Mothman. And so they invited me here and she couldn't come. And he goes, hey, would you be interested in screening Mothman again? I'm like, sure. Wait, now, his his movies, the way he shoots uh, just like is so unsettling. Just the way he fills you with anxiety already. Anxiety, anxiety. 
Um, so we came here and they said, Oh, do you want to like, you're going to sell some stuff? I said, like what? So anyway, it's been a great chance to go through stuff and bring some stuff that maybe fans would dig and then talk to you guys and talk to other people mm -hmm. and realize in a nice way, the, um, impact the film still has right that it still has legs watching it last night was like it still holds up yeah still holds up in a really good way and it does dovetail because we are creating a tv series mm -hmm. inspired by the movie and it's been we've been working on it for like three years in development and getting much closer to the green light so well, that's exciting folks if you weren't there we saw the concept trailer to it it is going to be Awesome. We are very excited for it. And yeah. you missed out. If and, you weren't. and and you know what? It's 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 weird because Mothman has only gotten more and more popular when it comes to like the like that type of phenomena, wh whether it's psychic or paranormal or whatever, the figure of Mothman has become bigger, almost as big as Bigfoot. And what do you attribute that to? I think it's maybe I don't know. Maybe things, yeah, because that was back in that was back in the '60s when all of the Mothman hype yeah. was happening, and 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 we uh, we accredit your film to bringing it back into the spotlight. That's yes. the thing, because it the the legend died for the longest time. So it was there, and his book mm -hmm. documented it. You know, mm -hmm. I always tell people. Uh, John Keel's book was a document, nonfiction document of these weird occurrences that happened over a few year yep. period. He came and chronicled it, wrote this book, and which kind of goes into explorations a little bit about spirituality and is there a God and some of the yeah. questions, but it was essentially a mystery. Yeah. And then it sat there dormant. Uh, Richard Haddam created the script. He was the first person who created the script in nineteen in the late nineties. Okay. Um, because that came to me in nineteen ninety ninety-eight when we were editing Arlington Road and Lakeshore Entertainment, the company that had Mothman Prophecies, the script, said, Would you be interested in doing it? And I was like, Let me read the script. I liked the script, but didn't want to make a movie right away. Yeah. So six months later they came back and said, Oh, we got a new draft of the script. And I read it. I was like, yeah, it was the same, but it was a little more like you saw more of the creature. Right. Then three months later, another one was even more. They said, yeah, isn't it scarier? I said, no, it's not really scarier. So I sat with a filmmaker friend of mine named Louis Clark and his writing partner named Ernie Marrero. And we talked about subjectivity and we talked about like – Jacques Tournier movie out of the past. And we talked mm. about old film noirs and movies where like the, the imagination did more of the work. So we we're like, how, how subjective could we make it? How much could you really feel the viewer was in that, the shoes of John Klein and how little of the creature could we actually see? Yeah. So it's really good to go start with a draft, Richard Adams draft, look at every other draft and take out every good idea that you like. Like, oh, and, and there's many. Like, I think the kid, the burned eye was yeah. invented. Other little cool things were invented. Maybe Denver 9, 90, that came from a newer, another writer brought that in. So you'd be like, I like that, I like that, I like that. And just pull all the good stuff, fit it into Haddam's thing, take out the Haddam stuff you didn't like. Mm -hmm. I'm simplifying it. And then, then you're kind of like, here's the draft. Yeah. And they paid them a little bit. I didn't get a dime. I was like, but it was the version I wanted to make. Yeah. I was like, this is win-win. If Richard Gere wants you to do it, great. You make the movie. If not, no harm, no foul. Yeah. So he liked it and that set it up. And yeah. that's what we made. So was Richard Gere like the first choice like for this? Yeah. They said to me, Richard Gere is interested in this concept, but he didn't like the other script. Hmm. So when I said, all right, well, let me do a version of the script. And if Richard likes it, great. And he liked it, and I met him, and we got along, and that was it. And yeah. then those days, there was no studio. To, like It was like one guy was the financier and producer, and we were making it. Yeah. You know, we had a big battle about where we were shooting it, and I almost quit because they're like, you have to go to Toronto, like north of Toronto. There was a town that had like kind of a bridge. <laughs> I'm like, why are we shooting it? Canada's flat. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so right. This is West Virginia. You got to be hilly. Yeah. Let's go to Pittsburgh. They have film crews. They've got 50 towns with bridges within an hour. Yeah. It has the, that, that area has the most uh, bridges the in, right. 
all right. over the U.S. Yeah, right. And it wasn't in Madison County. It was incredible. <laughs> uh, anyway, we found the right town. We shot it here, and just locations dropped out of the sky. Like, do you want a spooky old brewery? Do you want a spooky old factory? Do you want a spooky old library? Like, what do you want that's burned out and abandoned and like a hundred years old? Yeah. Okay. See, it's a dream. Dream come true for this type of move. Pretty much. <laughs> so, um, what what drew you to that script exactly? Like when they presented it to you, was it always like, okay, I do want to do something like this, but I need changes to it, like the original? Well, it was this odd. The tone was very. Okay, I amplified the tone, the weirdness of it. But when you're like. I love scripts where like you're like what what's going on right mm -hmm. like we fix your car well, how much are you you don't owe me anything it said there was nothing wrong and she Mary looks at her husband and says did you see it and obviously John didn't see it right or hey the happy couple so I love these kind of weirdly emotional mysteries. My father had had Alzheimer's disease, and I made a documentary about it. And my father was, like, talking to his best friend from seventh grade on his hand. Wow. My, and I totally believe that my father was talking to his friend from seventh grade. So I believed in the power of the mind mm -hmm. to believe. So I think if you dealt with that with respect and integrity and, like, Gordon Smallwood, and yep, he sees it, and that John Klein, as the eyes of the movie – is very grounded and treating it with respect, then, you know, then maybe there's something there. But it was just an odd, weird thing. There's lots of space. Sometimes you read a script, it's like nonstop talking. Right. Long swatches where there was no talking, no no yapping in it. It was very economical in terms of the the, the language. Yeah. That's right. And that was the first thing I liked. Things I didn't like, was able to put in things I took from other drafts, respecting what the work they had done. Yeah, right. So you're like, you're, you're not like, oh, fuck you. I don't want to like, you see what they wanted to make. And I was able to sell them on the idea ultimately in the editing room. Like, you know, the less we see of it, the scarier it might be. Yeah. But you go through the process of editing and focus groups and test screenings to get to that conclusion. Yeah. And I think that's like with a lot of horror movies, like the, have you ever seen The Legend of Boggy Creek? No. It's a, it's a, uh, it's an old Bigfoot film, but the creature is always out of focus and like in the distance, yeah. but it adds this whole, like your imagination kicks in and, uh, you're left kind of wondering what this thing looks like that everyone is terrified of. Like those guys' photos that he came over. Right. <laughs> right. Right. They were all terrifying, all. That's a possum. That's a boss. The scariest owl in, <laughs> in upstate New York. The more conventions you go to, the more people you're gonna you're gonna yeah. meet. I, so. wanna, I tell you what, I, I was talking to the woman Eileen from uh, like the Exorcist and the other woman from Halloween. I guess yeah. she's from. Is that a, like there? I'm like I just want to go on the festival circuit. I want to go on like the convention circuit with them. Dude. And sit at a table and meet and come meet cool people who like your film. Yeah, I mean, it's it, great. It, it's 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 your film holds such a huge impact in the cryptid community and the paranormal community because it was so much more than that. It was something completely psychological. Psychological. And like, it wasn't this monster movie, yeah. right? It wasn't a monster movie at all, and it it dealt. What was cool is it it was it revolved around Mothman, but it was really it felt like it was about heartbreak and this man trying to get his life back together after yes. his wife passed and he was trying to make sense of her death. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So it just was so much more and everyone yeah. just gravitated towards that. And in a world where there's so much loss now, that's what I think we're leaning into on the series. Alex Kurtzman who's the Star Trek kind of guru, mm. was a huge Mothman fan. Cool. Right? And um, when we were finally going to Lakeshore, the company that did the movies, I was going to them starting in 2018, like, guys, we've got to do this as a TV show. So I was pitching another show to NBC with this writer 
named Terry Metalis, mm -hmm. and I meet him, and Terry Metalis was the was the creator of Twelve Monkeys, the TV show, oh. and was a really cool guy. And we met on the for this other TV show. And he goes, he goes, yeah, that's just fine. He goes, let's talk about Mothman, <laughs> and he was so into it and knew it inside out. Oh, that's awesome. You know, when somebody knows a movie inside out for all the right reasons, he and his writing partner. I was like, and I was like, I got it. I finally had the people. So I went to Lakeshore. I said, we have the idea. Let us pitch you what we think the TV show is. So we pitched it to them, and they liked it, and we worked on the stuff. Then Lakeshore, the company, folded, but the rights went to another company oh. called Village Roadshow. So now we were developing with them, then brought on Alex Kurtzman, the Star Wars guy, who ended up hiring Terry to be the showrunner for Picard. Oh, you I know, love that show. Right. That's right. So, so it all goes together. So you got the, the, and in TV, those guys are the heavy hitters. Mm -hmm. You know, when you make Picard and Star Trek, and you're making a lot of bread for companies, yeah. then you've got some cachet. Yeah. So they've been super cool, super protective of Mothman, and letting us get it right with the with the right writer and stuff like that. So cool. I'm crossing my fingers. Mm -hmm. But we were at the Mothman Festival just earlier, like last month, I think. Yep. And there was like 15,000 people there in one day. How do yep. they not just show the movie there every they, year? I, know. They, I think they did for the first time, but why, yeah. uh, why, why haven't you They're, been there yet? I don't know. They've never asked me. Well, the, the first year back, so the first year back two, two years ago was, it was, there was 30. After COVID, you mean? After COVID, uh, 35,000 people were in attendance. Over over how long of a two days? Over, two days. Over two days. Yeah. So get a drive-in theater nearby. Get the biggest. What's the biggest theater there? No, they have. They don't have a theater anymore. They have an abandoned one, but they have like a farm area, like way out where they, they can show. show it on a big screen. Yeah. Man, just show it there. There's. There's. I get Will Patton to come. Oh well, if you got Will People Patton would, to come, I'd have to. That be yeah, that would crazy. be awesome. Yeah. I, I, I would ask Will Patton to come more than I would ask Gear. It, it's a it's a town. Isn't of, that weird? Yeah. Well, it's a town of 2,000 people and 35,000 people he's in. just like invaded this town. Where do they stay? It it gets booked up a year yeah. in advance. But it's also like they show up to explore the mo the legend of mm -hmm. Mothman and the legacy of it. Mm -hmm. The movie's part of it. Yep. Like, oh, at least there was a movie that respected it and we, we had a movie made about it not every one of these things has a movie made about it. right and you have no idea how many people came up to us and just started talking about the the movie and we just geeked out with them it was it's yeah. God. specifically it's so cool. uh, the, the the chapstick scene that's like oh, yeah. little kids yelling chapstick at yeah. us. <laughs> it's cool we it was like really cool make, it's like, great so it's I've such a cool community go. oh my yeah. god i've gotta go actually Carrie was telling, like, just I'm gonna go next year. Carrie, Car Carrie is literally one of the sweetest people. I've known her for years now, and she's just, she's always rooting for people. She's always helping people. She, she's amazing. And I'm gonna awesome. unload all the stuff and I'll bring everything else that I didn't bring Keep, this time. We're, we're like, like, like that. the seventh worst podcast. You're the seventh worst. Seventh worst. No. There's seven podcasts there. We're the seventh worst. Guess no. We beat we beat the Joe Rogan podcast for two weeks in India in listens in so, India. Yeah, I'm listen. I'm a middle child. I'll take any win I can get. You know what I mean? So <laughs> any win, that's a that's a win for me. Yeah, like. <laughs> Arlington Road was really big in Botswana. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, for a while, Arlington Road and Mothman were both very popular in Belgium and the Netherlands. Wild. And Luxembourg. I'm like, I'm big in the Benelux. <laughs> we, we, the Italians fucking hated me. Yeah, the yeah. Germans were okay. The English, no. we got it. The French, no, but the Benelux. We but at this festival, like we have people come from like Iceland. We met someone from Norway. That that's the world. Also very popular there. We went and showed Mothman at the. It was an international horror fantasy and film, horror fantasy and sci-fi festival. Mm -hmm. Seven thousand seat theater oh sold out. Rabid. That's so I think when you find the place. Yep. Yep. It deserves. I tell you, maybe the t maybe the TV show will bring it back. I I've got to just 
how do I get a studio? How do I, let's just start with a 4K restoration. Let's just yeah. get a new. But do people buy Blu-rays anymore? Yeah, collectors. I, I, I do. I'm, he does. Yeah, unfortunately. I, I, spend, I spend too much money on them. I'm like, oh, this has a hard steel case. I know everything is going towards streaming now, but like true collectors, people will 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 invest in re- remastered like yeah, do a real remaster with a real a new director's commentary. I mean, I did one a few years ago for this this company that was making one for that was coming out through in Australia. Oh, cool! I think it was an Australian distributor, but I think you can get it online. But I don't know. Yeah, you were telling us last night about the uh, DVD edition that had like your director, day day. yeah, day yeah. by day. Well, if anybody's seen that, uh, let us know what copy, what version that's on, because I need to see that. Yeah. Yeah, if you were googling, if you were googling, you'd see on the description of one of it. It was the first one that that Sony made because it was released on Screen Jump, so Sony would have released the movie. But I think they only released one original um, DVD. Yeah, was that the one that also had like the like Lauren Coleman like cryptozoological oh, yeah. documentary on it as well or? on our movie yeah i swear i had one maybe it's a boot this was like a third party uh, that yeah. released no. it i got i got i got it at the swap mate <laughs> yeah yeah vhs listen to jenny's picture on the cover <laughs> that was my favorite thing last night <laughs> it's not wrong because nothing's wrong I just, say, just keep saying it. If I was shooting again, I'd say, just keep saying it. Turn around and go down the hallway. I'm like, I love Gordon. I love that. That he He's one of my favorite characters in that movie, honestly. This, this is a visual thing, but I'll share the story with you guys. Okay. So I went up to Will Patton. Some actors, you have to give them specific direction. Other people didn't like it. Like Richard Gere liked doing the same thing. Other actors, you could stop them in the middle of the take and move them around, and like some like it. And you just you'd always talk about it before, but Will was so intense and so wired. The one time I walked over to him, and I'm thinking, I'm sitting here thinking about what I'm trying to gonna say to him to give him the direction. So that for ten seconds, I'm sitting there like, <laughs> and then he goes, "I know exactly what you want." He got my direction without me saying a word. Oh, that's so cool! Some weird, like you know, like when he's like when when Connie's got the, the when he's got the gun on gear in the shower, and she says he would have had to have been in the house, Gordon. And he's like, like you see, he's getting confused, right? Processing it. So, um, I want to I want to ask. So one of one of the one of the scariest scenes in the movie was the bridge collapse. Yeah. How did you make that look so real? That was perfect. All the 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 everything you did just made it look so well. Okay, just remember, kids. <laughs> this movie was made over twenty years ago, before every visual effect on the movie can mm-hmm. be done on your TikTok yeah. machine and your. <laughs> did you just your, use TikTok machine? <laughs> your, your kids on your chat snap. <laughs> And tick face. Yeah, I love tick face. That's my favorite. On your iPhones, <laughs> zoom out and get rid of everything in the background. Right, which is great, great yeah. technology. Well, before the Russo brothers and movies like The Gray Man mm-hmm. and these kind of semi-atrocious visual effects. Yeah, I was just talking to a guy before about visual effects like The Arrival and Dune. Great visual effects, yep. great, like film-based visual effects, the new Mission Impossible. But the cheap digital effects, or there's tons of them now, yep. right? Well, in 2000, when you're making this movie, that digital idea of a digital color correction or visual effect was brand new. This was not expected, so a lot of effects were still done practically or in camera. So especially when you get to a bridge collapse, right? There's a CGI bridges. You go look at like movies back then or mm-hmm. after them, but like what was the movie 2012? I don't know when that came out. We're like, oh, like 2009, I think. It okay. Out. But okay. see in 2000, it was still, still thinking about nineties movies, right? Right. And there was a guy who had worked on Terminator 2 named Gene Warren. He had a company called Fantasy 2. And he was the live-action model maker. 
he had brought them the building in Arlington Road. We had built a scale, one six scale model of the corner of the FBI building, and he blew it up. He goes, I'm going to do the same thing with the bridge. So at the time, people were doing one eighth scale, right? So uh, a little smaller, so, right. or one tenth scale, even smaller than that. So if we're going to make little cars and bridges, the smaller we make them, like the cheaper. And he's like, no, one six. So you got one six size of a car is like, right? Like two and a half feet. Yeah. So and you got to make 200 of those cars. Yeah. And you have to make a bridge that's one sixth the size of a real bridge. So from here to the end of the hallway was a bridge and cars and lights and the whole over water, the whole fucking that's thing. So cool. That he built out in Sun Valley in Hollywood, in North Hollywood. And he literally lit at night, broke it apart piece by piece. So like, boop, that would snap. Or he knew how to bring a bridge down. Uh, he said, still his greatest, his greatest movie ever after T2. And he also worked with James Cameron on other things. He said Mothman is still his favorite. Shot by shot, piece by piece, he brought it down. So it looked real shot with film. But at that scale... Like old movies in the 40s and 50s that look like, you know, cars going in, cameras underneath, looks like real cars falling. Because yeah. your mind is tricked. If the lenses and the scale works, you believe it, right? You threw in a few people in green screen that we shot running around in high angles, but not much. So we had storyboarded the whole sequence from the time gear got there to the end. As much for the architecture, then this happens, then this happens. So we did that for pretty much for real. With, with a model. There was one CGI shot that comes back from the power plant through the bridge, right? And you look at it now, it looks like, oh, that's a, a kind of a CGI shot. Yeah. looks kind of fake. Then, so the major parts of the collapse are one six scale. Then we built a stunt bridge, which was real, the real size of the bridge, which was also probably the size of this, that had, it was on levers. It, was, it broke into four places. It kind of came apart like a jigsaw puzzle and could fold on this side or fold on that side. So you'd have stunt guys in cars. The cars would have things on a, it. Could, they could bash into each other, breakaway railings. So you'd have it like right above a little bit of water. So you weren't doing a lot of overhead shots of water or underneath. We were like more underneath the the railings right and like kind of at oblique angles and the second unit director robert grasmere oversaw that so there's probably 40 shots of that stunt guy running the bridge is going like this a car going behind them see so third level is on the real bridge with laura linney and john and richard gear running around where you'd have like foam Beams, people running around, lights exploding, cars on bumpers. It's more for the front part, more for the front part of the of the bridge when it's just shake, doing a lot of shaking, yeah, doing a lot of like first breaking up. So little inserts of a crack, which would cut to the wider shot, which would, you know. So it's all it was all storyboarded. So you use that as your map. That those those that's what brought like magic to movies like Star Wars and Alien and like yeah, Dark Crystal. Every, every every time we rec- interview anybody, he talks about Star Wars. I just want to. I want. I want people to know that I love Star Wars. Um, right, but dark, it is and and like Dark Dark Crystal, like practical effects are. That's what made movies so special. And when I see that, when I see movies do that now, instantly I love them because that takes time. That takes so much effort and i'm not saying that like that that cgi doesn't take effort because it's an art very much so and there's great artists and it's just it really starts at the top it really comes starts with the director and yep. starts with like his precision and they talk about chris nolan being just so specific mm-hmm. and darren aronofsky every you know everybody and look i respect what the russos do they do it's just like i, I just saw that movie and like it looked like a, when stuff starts to look like a video game and there's some, it's just, I start to lose my connection to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I don't watch comic book movies or fan. I don't, I'm not a fan of those. They're not my right. cup of tea. Oh, you're going to get in trouble for that. Guardians one. of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, the Marvel fanboys are coming for you now. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll tell them where I live. <laughs>
So um, I'll hit them with my pocketbook. <laughs> your pocketbook? I'll hit them with their video game controller and their fucking head. <laughs> I'll bash them into the Sunset Boulevard. Come get me, punks. There's, so I, I was wondering, this took place in like modern times in the day. Was there any thought about doing it in the 60s when the original sightings happened? I don't think so. I mean, I never, I didn't read any version of it. Gotcha. Gotcha. I know in the TV show we discussed, should we set the show back like right after the collapse? Set the show in 2002. But decided to make it modern and decided like, I was like, no way, man. Like with deep fakes and AI Mm -hmm. and technology and screens and the amount of electronics around and microwave, like, there's way too many ways from Mothman and Indrid Cold to shape shift and transform and use like wow, any tech. Did you get a text in the screen? Is that real? Is yeah. that really from your wife? Right. Like, did it, like, is that buzzing? Like, think about it. any communication could not be a communication. It could be Mothman. Right. So once we started thinking about the possibilities, we're like, totally present day. Wow. Totally cool. Present day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's an electronic billboard. You know, just, again, people now with AI and deep fakes and everything, just, anybody can become anything. Giant possums. Some great scenes. A girl, like, was communicated to with her dead father, and she was, like, losing her mind. She's like, no, no, he FaceTimed me. Like, no, no, your father couldn't have faced. It's no different than gear last night. Like, a woman was in the air with red hair. Yeah. Right? So if that was present day, right? Gear would have gone up and said, I want to see the surveillance footage, right? Yeah. Gear would have gone up and said, let me see the cameras, right? Because they, cameras are everywhere, everywhere in the street. We use the cameras to cover the kids who fucking bombed the Boston Marathon, any crime that any, they pretty much can track them down with cameras in yeah. those public places, right? They see that, they place them there, they left the 7 Eleven, the manhunt that happened in, um, was the guy that escaped in, um, he was outside of Philly, right? He escaped from prison, like like a month ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. shit. They found him on a ring doorbell. Yeah, it rings. Injured, injured yeah. cold. So with injured cold, it showed up on Gordon's ring Whoa. doorbell at 3.30 a.m. Because everybody, right? like, so it's so can, affordable now to have camera. Right? the technology to every scene in the movie. And they're like, okay, well, how would we really have, like, and if in a modern day, day, they would have fucked with it so much more. Cool. Right? Yeah. Become something else or turned into something else or appeared to be the sound. That's, that's makes, cool. And that's what makes it a good villain, right? Mm-hmm. And so it gives you then, gives you as writers just an endless supply of gags. Yeah. Yeah. So the, I, I did want to, I did want to ask. Uh, so, in the in the Mothman prophecies, the way it was shot instilled this like sense of paranoia almost. Was that intentional? Because like the close up of the faces and like like where where uh, um, Klein's wife is in the hospital and there's that shot from like above the curtain going like this while she's like looking around. Yeah, they operated that camera on that one. That was so cool. That like that 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 actually increased like this heightened sense of just like i was I mean, no nothing in a movie of that size and is unintentional yeah every yeah every shot frame by frame second to second every sound so when like the car accident right <laughs> like oh we really bought a house we bought a house and you're, like, yeah. and you're just like you're on it slightly too long you're uncomfortable because you're like they're so happy yeah but it's just going a little bit long and then the sound of the tire cut to the center of the the tires go by then the shots farther away and now like what are they being long then, <laughs> then laughing then the point of view that's just going it's one extra round of shots like you know something's gonna happen yeah you feel it even though you're watching them so it's at odds with them feeling them being so happy but because before right before the, the way that the red light creaked at the thing at the stoplight mm-hmm. the way it delays a half a second before like 
if your car pulls away, it's like you this, hang on something. Yeah. Then the yeah, what's, it's like this build up. You so know what I mean? The sound of the rumble and make the sound of the rumble a little. Like, so when it hits the thing, we did jolt when it hits the. It's a little harsher. So it's like a series of like, oh, well, this five frames later, a little this. So in the accident itself, right? Take away a sound. So the brain is expecting, instead of wall to wall, right. it's like, hey, space. Right? Something comes from the left. Mm -hmm. So your face is here. Now it's coming here. Then something low. Again, take it away. So now you're like, so you know what the edits and the sound, right? One's going against the other. And then, so your brain is like, just when you're like, when her head hits the thing, oh, and you just feel it. Oh, her head like mm -hmm. smacks against the thing. Yeah. But you feel it. That sequence, everything minute to minute between the editor and the sound designer, the sound recordist, the mixer, everything is intention. So you start to accumulate that in every shot of the movie. Yeah. Frame by frame, transition to transition. I've 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 never watched a movie that that made me feel that way just by the way I saw it was just like the way each each sequence was shot. And how it sounds. Just sound designer and score. I hired the sound designer, Claude Letizier, before I hired the cinematographer because I knew how important sound was. He's amazing. Tom and Andy, the composers who had done sound design and music for me for all my stuff starting at MTV, were genius. So these were not traditional Hollywood composers. They weren't traditional Hollywood sound guys, which are like, okay, make everything... Like fill in every sound, we want to hear every footstep. I'm like, no, like that. You know, we want realism, but no realism. Then he's walking in the diner, and like, I don't want to hear the diner. I want them to walk slow mo with the weird Indian thing. Mm -hmm. Like, so each scene was kind of crafted to have just this overall sense of unease, mm -hmm. right? From the time he lands, that's actually from the whole movie. Fact that, yeah. So, uh, let me give you my closing credits. Yeah. To, so. A band called Low from Minnesota. Oh. Right. I was fans of theirs. And I said, well, first I had asked Bono and Michael Stipe from REM yeah. to do a closing credit song. And we were very close to getting them to do it. And the schedule got screwed up. So we need to do a song for the end. And I really liked Low because it had a female vocal and a male vocal. I was like, okay. Do you guys want to do something? Right, come with Tom and Andy. We'll come out to California. We'll we'll make a track. Right? And I knew I wanted something that had some rhythm to it. And wasn't like just a ooh, echoey kind of thing. But we started working on stuff. And so the beat doom, doom, doom. And in the middle, as it broke down, I just started going, You never go home. You're always on your own. You're never gonna go away. I started doing this like, oh, wow, Indrid Cold as Indrid Cold. So there's an Indrid Cold semi rap background vocal. Oh, that's awesome. In that track. That's so cool. That's what I was going to ask. I was like, we got to have him do the yeah. Cold Boys podcast. You never got um, What's the name of your podcast? Moth Boys. Moth Boys coming to you soon. <laughs> Are you afraid? Are you sitting in your bed? Is your light on in your hand somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> Is your hand on your own weapon? <laughs> Does your mother know? Does your mother know who her children are? It's 10 o'clock. You're very afraid right now. And you're listening to Moth Boy. Moth Boys. Well, that's our new intro. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Thank there you go. I think that's I'll give you a free wild Moth Boys that you could sprinkle throughout. Moth Boys. <laughs> moth Boys. Oh, you're listening to Moth. Moth Boys. Oh.
Well, I think we got to close on that. Mark, like, Mark, close on that shit, Mark. motherfucker. <laughs> Mark, thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Uh, this was great. Everyone, we're again, we're here at Erie Horror, Horror Fest. Fest. And, at the historic uh, Warner Theater. At the historic yeah, Warner Yeah, come get some swag. Yeah, come get some uh, swag. Are you sell that online? I should. Because, like, people. Or I, just hit the circuits. Or just hit the circuits. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, do you have anything you want to promote? That's in the genre? Anything. We don't care. You know, three movies that I'm supposed to make, but once we get actors on them. One is called Mom. It's like a female version of Taken, thriller mm. about a woman who goes and gets her daughter out of sex trafficking. A movie called Tactics, which is set in 2004, a great hostage thriller. Cool. Kind of like a little anti-war statement. That's really cool. And then I have a psychological uh, murder mystery that's brilliant called Clang that I'm trying to get financed. And on the TV side, Mothman Prophecies, I hope, coming out soon. Mm -hmm. And if you like Mothman, go support me. Go on my website, markpellington.com, and also go on Kino, Kino Lorber, Kino.com, and watch The Severing. I think, uh, do you guys have a site that you could post the trailer for The Severing? Oh, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll post Great. it. Yeah, so we'll post. they'll post the trailer for The Severing mm -hmm. and watch that because it's a super, super dark and cool kind of like wallpaper thing. You could put it on. Soundtrack's very Mothman-y. Sweet. Yeah, no story. But it's really beautiful and creepy and weird. It's like you go into Gordon Smallwood's brain for 72 minutes. Oh, awesome. I think that's, that's a selling point right there. Yeah. yeah. All right, Mark. Thanks there you again. Go. Thank you so Thanks. much. Bye. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that was fantastic. That interview was amazing. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, it's just crazy. You guys, that, you, guys, like, you guys killed it. I was on the clouds. Like, dude, I was just like. I was just like, all right, I'm don't I don't need to do anything more. Like it was just so cool. Um and it was it was crazy yeah. because after the event, he just chilled with us at the table. And like the guy who, who set it's up It's only because we had Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> the guy who set up Yeah, delicious Tootsie Rolls. The guy who set up the um all the laptop and the equipment, he had to kick us out. We were sitting there too long. It was the next like interview, <laughs> like the next uh, people he was interviewing. Um, so yeah. okay, I see. Dang, but yeah, it, it was that's awesome. Then he went to our table and talked with us even more. So yeah, 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 he was awesome. What? Wait, what's wrong? Nothing. I'm just seeing. Wait, there's weird lights in the field. Hold on a sec. That might be deer spotters. Oh. Yeah, probably. That's messed now. up. That is totally, that is totally messed yeah. up. Uh, uh, so, boys, uh, let's end this episode uh, with our uh, the feature, the movie feature, spectacular feature, Halloween spectacular. Okay. Yes, yeah, let's do that. I yeah. go first. So okay, yep. my double let's do feature. The opposite order. Yeah. First, we're going to start off with the Mothman prophecies. Hell yeah! Makes and sense. we're going to enjoy that with um, some cherry, some 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 sort of cherry flavored. Uh, treat a cherry mike and okay. ike oh, nice okay i think it's cherry nice. chapstick in, in the movie it is cherry chapstick yeah. so um like cherry mike and ike's and then my second film the severing by mark okay, Pellington. there you go boom as he mentioned in the interview it's sort of it sort of has a lot of similar themes and with that um i'm gonna go with my fanciest bottle of wine Ooh, okay, nice. Yeah, that's a good night. That's yeah. that's for that's a good night right there. Mm -hmm. All right, what about you, Maddie? Um, I'm gonna do a little bit of a Bigfoot theme and mm -hmm. old school. Mm -hmm. I'm doing Legend of Boggy Creek. New school, nice. New school, I'm doing Exist. Okay, what well, and I am going these, to these, pair these Legend of Boggy Creek with those like little plastic. Those like wax bottles uh, that look like sodas and taste like you can slurp up. Oh yes, yes, oh. yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, true, true, true. And then, treat of a champion. Exactly. And then exist is going to be uh, Rice Krispie treats. Classic. Okay. Isn't it crazy though that like Matt and I both uh, mentioned films from people that we got to interview on this podcast? Oh shit! Yeah. 
That's Eduardo true. Sanchez, yeah. yeah. Isn't yeah. that like, I just, whoever thought us little idiots would be interviewing Mark Pellington <laughs> and Eduardo Sanchez? Isn't that <laughs> Never, crazy? Not even in a Dude, million years I would have thought that. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, okay, my turn. So Steven Spielberg, um, you're next. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm going to go, I'm going to, they're both, they're not older, yeah, they're older, I guess. But the first one I'm going to do is Jacob's Ladder. That's one of my favorite all-time horror movies. And I think that you should have some Snickers with it. Okay. Um, because in the movie, I think some people need to eat a Snickers. I don't know why. Isn't that the whole thing in the commercials? Yeah, if, like you, if you're grumpy to, and yeah, angry, you need a Grumpy Snickers. or like having a hard yeah, time. Yeah, or having whatever. a bad day. Yeah. Bad day, yeah. <laughs> Definitely a bad day in that movie. Um, but Snickers for that. And then an old school movie called Basket Case. I want to recommend mm-hmm. to people. Uh, it's, Green it's, Day. It's a lot of fun. Green Day. Ba- it, it is the Green Day song. But this is... This is the, the horror movie, Jake, okay? <laughs> Please. Uh, Basket Case. Go check out Basket Case. It's kind of fun, funny, old school. It's like, I think it's an 80s film. Uh, um, what should you have with that? What's kind of fun? Uh, Skittles. Skittles are fun. I thought you should Let's have like a, 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 a basket lunch. Like just... A, oh, that's true. Like a picnic have a type picnic. situation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. That's good, Jake. I like that. With Skittles as a Skittles are allowed in the pack. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. Basket case with a, with a picnic lunch. So There's six more films it, for you to watch. There's some more double features. Let us know I know what we you got think, a lot of people you know? loving that to Hip Hop Witch from last time. Right. And, and also, let me tell you, if you had to pick one, probably out of all these, Mothman Prophecies... Okay, and the severing; those yeah. are two actually. And all you bozos who are like, "Oh, it yeah. doesn't follow the book closely," like, oh, stop! It, stop! It's 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 a master. It holds up. Yes, it does. Like it if they just made if they just does. made like a creature feature, the special effects would have been shitty. Mm-hmm. It would have no lasting yep. impact. But nope. it holds up. It's still beautifully shot. Yeah, if you if you if the if. You, if there was a movie based on the book, it'd just be a scat a scatterbrained mess. It was what it would be for a movie, so it wouldn't make sense. Like- so, all right, everybody, thanks for joining us. We appreciate y'all, uh, and uh, hope you have a more spooky yeah season. Spooky, spooky. Yeah, lethal weapon. Yeah. No, you know what I mean? Yeah. Nothing like the Bible. Yeah. <laughs>